0: For the last couple of months, both teams and the League itself have been working on improving the formula of the Overwatch League. And as the results are now being revealed to us, I feel confident in saying that Overwatch League Season 2 will see an explosion of level of play on average across all teams. I will even go out on a limb and say that there will be a quantum leap in aggregate performance, possibly bigger than the improvement from pre-Overwatch League to Season 1. And if I'm correct, fans of high level of Overwatch will be in for a treat. This insight came to me despite the league expanding significantly, which logically usually results in a dilution in a stretching of the talent and therefore a lower level of play. I feel... That there are enough counterarguments to the level of play-dropping. And I've organized them into different categories. The first of which being the rise of individual play. And the creation of synergetic connections within the teams. So, the rise of individual play. We will see a lot more gifted and talented and accomplished players in the Overwatch League. Simply proven by the fact go through this in your mind if you will think of the players that you thought were deserving outside the overwatch league in season one such as the entire runaway roster for instance such as some of the kdp roster such as the lfc lfz guys all of those if you put them in to the overwatch league and also then let the bad talent that was Possibly undeserving to be there. If they now leave the Overwatch League. This naturally elevates the level. So one of the reasons that the Overwatch League was now able to recruit recruit so much of the quality talent. Is because contenders... Is now being utilized and has also upped its production value of crazy good talent. And that is especially or possibly only true for the top four regions, namely North America, Europe, China and Korea. For the regions outside, I will say yes, we will need more time, more resources in these regions, also more eyes on them in order to to give these people chances to A, become better players, and B, show off that they are as good as they are. So no argument from me here. There is still some improvement to be made. But within the top four regions, I think at least for the top teams, and in Contenders Korea's case, almost for all teams, talent or players were given fair shots to get into the league. And in many cases, they have uh, actually made it in. So one interesting development is if you go through the winners of the contender season in these top four regions, all of the finalists or rather all of the winners have contributed players towards the Overwatch League Season 2, presumably based on the leagues. So let's go down the list. Runaways, of course, coming in as the contenders Season 2 champion in Korea. That is a huge boon. Everyone who has some history, knowledge about the about Overwatch knows Runaway will be an improvement, most likely towards the Overwatch League. Personally, I think they could have been a playoff team, given the same resources as Overwatch League teams tend to get, and these players have the quality to be playoff-level talent. But also not just the contender season 2 champion but also the contender season 1 champion in korea x6 presumably has contributed some players towards the overwatch league they already before their win had given cho yobin and architect to shock now presumably you know the other great players such as no smite such as gods b they are coming into the overwatch league as well and the fact that a team that sort of really underperformed in season 2 but won season 1 Is a great message towards the selection process of these GMs because I personally believe that this over recency bias thinking, that at least in my perception a large amount of the community employs, is not actually empirically sensical in saying, okay, these are the only players that work. No players that have worked in the past as far as half a year ago could still be absolutely nuts talent for instance such as an anko where rogue wasn't coming in but anko was still an amazing talent right so if you pick these teams for their parts amazing right so we talked about x6 being you know the season one champion and then falling off that same ...pattern is true in Europe... ...where British Hurricane won Season 1... ...then fell off as low as Trials... ...and are still sending players to the Overwatch League. For me, great development... ...because it means... ...talent is utilized... ...for more than a slight downswing. So... ...in that... ...British Hurricane is in... ...but also Eagle Gaming... ...the winner of... uh, ...Contenders Europe Season 2... ...is sending some players... Giganti, the finalists, sending, are sending some players. Not just players, but also coaches. Very interesting. Fusion University, the two-time winner in containers NA is sending players, such as Elk. LFZ, the double uh, Contenders China winner, is sending great players, such as Ersta. So these teams are all sending their star players over. And while only Runaway has been wholesale bought out, as far as I, I know, it is... Still very interesting to see how much of the top level talent in these contenders regions are highly sought after. And it's not just the the winning teams, but Overwatch League teams have also made an effort to look for these teams that's more of you know, middle of the pack, but are still there with their star level talent. One team that comes to mind certainly is from for instance from Europe, Snakes with Kodak and Asking, and I won't make a distinction between uh, two-way players and, you know, full Overwatch League-level players, but I will say, yes, they they brought them in in that regard. You know, these gems from uh, sort of, you know, not absolutely highest level uh, of play teams. And the same is true for pretty much the entirety of current Tennis Korea. Every team has been sourced as far down as trials. So this is already pretty crazy. I think... Precedents like Boston, precedents like Jonak, precedents like Sado have paved the way for these players so teams are taking chances on them. Even, you know, almost perfect teams from the outside in terms of level of play where it's very hard to find individual improvements such as Long and Spitfire or the New York Excelsior are bringing in new talent... And in terms of London Spitfire, they are taking gambles on players like God, on players like Krillin, who show a lot of promise and can certainly develop into something great. Another thing that they're shuffling and mixing so did is that a lot of these bench players that were there before, such as Closer, now gets onto other teams and they don't just sit on the bench and get to elevate their level of play because Closer is an above level player and By having him play, which I presume he will be uh, on Dallas, I think this once again elevates the level of play. The mixing and matching also created some amazing duos, especially I will now name the example of frontlines, where in Overwatch League Season 1, some of them were questionable. Now we have over half the talent pool or the teams with potentially star-level front lines so let's go down the list shall we fury and gesture don't think that's arguable Fade in space try me mano meko mhm daco i think will be great bumper janu as well Oge and rck have great potential Poco and Sada have shown that they have something there fissure and zumba could be great raw and void are certainly one yes more towards the sleeper pick range of the spectrum, but still have a lot of potential, then Choi and Smurf, choice nuts. If Smurf can bring it up to his level, this will be a great frontline. And then, as a full sleeper pick, I want to see Gagory and Phyllis, what they can do with a solid backline this time around. And I have to say, if I compare it to frontlines from the first season, such as, for instance, let's take Mooma and Kumat who by all means for most of the season were an above average front line in the Overwatch League Season 1, I don't think you could feasibly say that now. I think if I assess them at this point in time, they are not above any of the 11 teams I just mentioned. Other than Gagarin and Fearless, I think they could feasibly be above. I think, at least for me, and that might just be my biases, but I think that... that when all is said and done, all of the aforementioned teams will likely, or the vast majority of them, will place, uh, in terms of performance, above Muma and Kulmat. And the fact that Houston wasn't able to augment their team, which is very unusual, actually, if you go through all the persisting teams from Season 1, that they didn't make any huge improvements other than Dante, is a problem because by not improving, you are tremendously falling behind, I argue, simply because a lot of the factors are bringing in new talent and by not doing so to the same degree that other teams are doing it, you are falling behind, I argue. That might not be a, a thing that they can fix. I'm not sure what what's going on with GGA and Infinite, but it's certainly a problem for them. So, okay. So we have the utilization of continuous uh, regions of the top four. We have great pairings being made. What we also have is, and I made a video on this, young giants coming in. Meaning that great talent that have proven to be doing it for a while are now coming in and are ready to prove themselves in the big leagues. They are finally 18, plays like Haxal, Flower, Leaf, Gouche, All these come to mind. And they are here and they want to take the top spots. Then everyone is going for the crown. And most of the teams have actually said, we're not going the full PR route. We are mostly trying to absolutely win the Overwatch League or place as highly as possible. And there are only few teams, such as Houston, such as uh, Paris, and arguably one of the Chinese teams, that have said, okay, we want to try it with a PR route. Even though, that said, I think this actually didn't decrease the level of the league in any way because all of the... Teams I just mentioned have talent on them that absolutely should be in Overwatch League and you you couldn't possibly improve them as hard other than, you know, getting talent from other teams ahead of yours, meaning, you know, outbidding them or whatever, but in terms of the entire player pool... This doesn't change much. It wouldn't mean that more better players would be coming into the pool. It would just mean that we would have different mixes if these teams weren't going for the PR uh, value. So there, I don't have a problem with that at all. That doesn't do anything to my argument. I think the level play is still elevated in that regard. But why is it also elevated? What is is one big, big boon that is coming in towards talent selection? It is, of course, statistical analysis. One of the biggest factors of statistical analysis is the things you can do before the Overwatch League s- season even starts, which is talent selection. You can go- sort through way huge amounts of data and find these hidden, possibly hidden gems in other regions, in lower level you know, competitions or really in competitions where not too many people watched if you have these what's, uh, you know accessible and then can read them into your board reader if that's possible for you you can much more quickly sort through these and say to your regular analysts okay i found something this guy is crazy look at him if he meets the eye test let's invite him and this has been happening happening what much more frequently now in season two not only are the persisting stats analysts like Wizard Young still in the scene, like for instance, um, of course, BZ. But we're adding more. I already told you about Baroy. Other people like Baroy are coming in. There are entire statistic companies that are now taking part in this. the The level of a statistical analysis, both in talent selection and in also creating, you know, finding things about your level of play, the opponent's level of play, matters in general, small tweaks. This will all be upped tremendously because people are finally spending money on it because there is some precedent now that this works. And I sadly can't disclose too much of that information. It absolutely did work. Empirical evidence is there. Statistical analysis is legit. So that is one tool that will certainly increase. But of course, we have to say... And we, I have to reiterate it at this point, and I feel like I'm blowing powder up. It's bum bum at this point is the repo viewer. If accessible to at least the analysts in Overwatch League teams of the all the Overwatch League matches, that will be a tremendous tool that will accelerate the level of analysis. You don't have to, you know look through all the different angles, hope that the the camera picked this up. Yes, I think they're getting more camera feeds, but it's not to the level, right? It's it's much more complicated than having one replay file, getting to choose your angle, getting to choose top-down view, developing that skill set as the analyst that does this much more efficiently, speed it up, whatever it is. But this tool in itself will accelerate the talent development and the level of play tremendously I'm sure of it. So as we talked about the dilution of uh, talent, not really dilution because we're dripping in high concentrated skill into the mix but the the you know addition to the scene, it's not just that new players are coming in, it's also that new coaches are coming in for one, the new coach of London Spitfire. Coach 0815, I think he's called, bringing a vast experience of, you know, esports in general. Then other very successful coaches, such as Saita comes to mind. The Giganti coach who, with very limited resources, was able to build these two great uh, Giganti rosters even beforehand. Even, you know, before the Overwatch League season or the contender season started, he was already a big name in Europe, was developing talent in Europe, mostly with Finnish teams. This guy is now coming in for Paris. Packing is someone that is coming in. I think a former drill sergeant, not 100% on that one. I think he's a Marine. Former Angry Titans coach is now going to the Valiant. This is playing the level of play. Then also, coaching staff teams are now split apart get their own teams, and get to, crucially, improve the other coaching talent around them. So, Wizard Young comes to mind. Wizard Young, of course, with before that, with Pavane on NYXL, and now they get to split, and almost, it's it's like a cell dilution, and they get to split up once again, and get to, you know, almost you know, inseminate these new coaches with all the crazy things they know about Overwatch, and the level of coaching will once again be upped in aggregate over the entire league, simply because there's now less concentrated, you know, quality, while really not using, you know, much towards the top, I think. If these people are worth their, their weight in gold, as I think they are, then they will be able to not just educate their players, but also their coaches on what the things they want from them and what skill sets for these coaches to develop. I think this will be a great improvement in that regard. It's also that all of the former coaches, all the players have much more experience. They know what the experience is like now. They know what the drag is, right? All of this is very well known. And while the experience was almost a hardcore practice environment. Now we're actually slowing down with the league a little bit because we know that the league will now only be 28 games per team. That means a maximum of two matches, yes, much like Season 1, but we will also see only one match a week. So you can focus on that one match, or sometimes you will have no matches, and then the next week you will have more time to prep for these. This was a proven concept in Apex, arguably one of the reasons why their individual matches were of higher quality because the teams could prepare more for them. Well, forget about that because now we have that time window and we also have the resources of coaches, of environment. All of this is coming together. The greatest talent in the world, all in LA. This is a concoction that will, um, you know, produce greatness. I'm sure of it, right? so all of this is happening and unless something like stupid like losers pick comes in which would then you know have to force the teams to practice much more maps than they were in or would have to in season 1 because you had sort of a limited pool i think the maximum you could have played is was 12 maps if you now still have the similar amount of maps, but every week, yes, that's a problem. I I hope that is not the case. That's how the, they will do it. Uh, I haven't I have no inside information on that, but it is so, certainly something that could down cut down on the uh, overall improvement of level of play. Certainly not to invalidate my argument, though. So okay, all of this said and done, one thing. Is very important. And that is also. If we're talking about level of play. Because crucially I said across all teams. One thing. That I find to be incredibly true. Is that every team. Has accepted the fight. In order to become. A better than they were. And. Also. The majority of them. Are gunning at least for playoff spots. Many of them want to win the league. So. Of course, let's start from the bottom. Shanghai Dragons, unprecedented levels of terribleness in Season 1. 0-40, this will not happen again. I can't even imagine an 0-28 loss team. And I think personally that also no team looks as terrible as that would be possible for them to go 0-28. Before this season, I didn't think they would be this bad. But I almost had a hunch that, you know, they, they weren't going to be uh, amazing players. Now, even with improvements, you know, we talked about uh, trajectories on this channel. It was very hard for them to come back. But <clears throat> now the Shired rings seem to have taken on that fight. They have cut almost all of the, or actually all of the dead weight, have probably cut one of the best players on their roster in the process. Ado, I still don't quite. I get that idea he's certainly in though so once again he's still in the pool no level of play being lowered you know in aggregate across all teams but I will say that now Shire Dragons looks much like a much more competitive team bringing in KDP players this looks to be a solid team I'm not sure if they're playoff level but they are certainly not the worst team in the league so this is great to see that they accepted the challenge and want to you know, not rest. Because you, you, you could theoretically build a brand in a league where there's no relegation on being the infinite, eternal loser. That could potentially work, I think. So they they don't want to do this and uh, that's great to see in terms of, you know, average level of play across the league. And this is also true, for instance, for Florida Mayhem, second worst league uh, team in the league, uh, according to their record. They have almost cut all the fat. Have gotten om- of gotten rid of of almost all their European players except Tivik. Not sure what he's going to do. But I w- what I will say is, yes, Florida hasn't picked up the greatest Korean talent in that regard. They have tried to help Saya play a little bit out here, but yes, they are certainly you know not the most impressively looking team. What I will say there is though their improvement or the like if let's say as a thought experiment i think if the new florida roster plays a best of 100 against their old roster i don't think the old roster wins more than 20 games so i think the new roster is uh improved which once again works towards the argument that level of play is being raised next up in line is shock shock's a playoff team shock is absolutely a team that has improved tremendously in terms of what talent they've brought in. The coaching staff is now coming together. They have more time to prepare all of this. Violet is nuts. They already had nuts players in Choi and Architect. This team is coming together. There's no way they're going to be, you know, even in the lower third, I predict, in the Overwatch League, you know, season two, regular season. I don't think it's possible for them. Dallas has tremendously improved, would be the next up the list have brought in you know, closer the argument I um, mentioned before. I think RCK is a great talent, have heard great things about him. They, If they can, stabilize the fact. Arrow seems to be a very capable coach. Their level is also rising. So it is very wholesome for someone that purely watches to enjoy high levels of play. It's wholesome to see how everyone is trying to get the crown, to get to what either you know NYXL or London Spitfire have done in the first season. And overall, it's, it's crazy to see how much the level has elevated for all the uh, aforementioned reasons. And I hope you can share in this excitement. Thanks for listening.